Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Blessed Is She That Believed. We're still in season one. This is episode 16 and I'm really excited y'all because y'all, this show I dedicate to you, my listening audience, because y'all, <laughs> I've only been doing this for three months and I already have a thou- over a thousand downloads on this podcast. Y'all, give yourselves a round of applause for sharing and subscribing and liking and everything else that goes with this um thank y'all you know like praise god three months over a thousand downloads i mean to me that is a big deal especially because of the fact that i don't know what i was i'm doing half the time okay (laughs) so you know like oh my gosh y'all are actually like listening I'm thinking I'm just talking and, and rambling, but y'all are really listening to the ramble. Praise God for the ramble. Um, wow, I I don't I'm very speechless, and that's that's few and far between. Especially for those of you who are listening and you know me, y'all know I talk a lot. I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna talk about how God always has possibles on today's episode. So um, as always, let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer first. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for watching over us and keeping us through the night, Father God. Father, we thank you for our jobs. We thank you for allowing us to have jobs and careers that we can go to, Father God. And even though if we don't particularly like what we're doing, Father, thank you for placing us strategically in these positions, Father, to do your will. Because it's not about us. It's about glorifying your name. So thank you for using us as your vessels, Father God. Thank you for keeping us as we are going to work each and every day. Thank you for keeping us from unforeseen accidents and and, um, violence and, and acts of terror, Father God. We thank you for protecting us and having your angels alongside of us. And thank you, Father God, for um, clearing the airway so this podcast can go through without delay distractions or technical difficulties in the mighty name of jesus we pray amen so here's the thing i picked up one of my notebooks that i take notes in um i took it to bible study because i do the tech at my um church so um yeah i opened up i don't take my notebook all the time because i'm putting the scriptures on the board and it's very hard to flip through Bible, take notes, and put scriptures up, especially if you go to my church. And you know, my pastor, he he spouts some scriptures off very fast. Hey, Pastor Paul, if you're listening, you do. <laughs> you go through those scriptures fast. So I don't get a chance to write stuff down that often. But I took my notebook, and when I was turning to uh, looking for a clean page, because this notebook is almost filled up, I saw these notes that I wrote. It's a whole like 15 pages. I I may be exaggerating a little bit, but it looks like it's about 15 pages. I mean, it's like a little book here. And I'm like, did I even talk about this on a podcast? I can't remember. So I'm going to go through this. And I did not type it out. So you're going to hear the pages turn as I read it. But um, yeah, this might be a two-parter because <laughs> it's a lot of stuff in here. It's like, what am I writing a dissertation? Oh, ooh, that gives me... That makes me have goosebumps. Shouts out to everyone working on a PhD, an EDD, or anything that makes you a doctor. It has those two letters in front of your name. Shouts out to y'all. Keep pushing. All right, so we're going to hop into it. So the Lord always has possibles. Many times as believers, 
<laughs> well, I know for myself, wait, um, let me start differently, okay, y'all? So have you ever played spades? If you've ever played spades, and I'm sorry if I'm repeating this because like I said, I found this in my notebook. I don't think I've read, I don't think I'm going through this with y'all, okay? So if it is a repeat, I'm sorry, but I don't think it is. But anyway, it's summertime. We have family get-togethers and stuff. Um, if you are of the melanated culture, you know spades is a big deal at the family get-togethers, okay? Spades will start a fight. Like you will get, listen, it, it's a knockdown, drag out fight sometimes over the spades table. You don't go to the spades table if you don't know how to play spades. But I am going to take some time to explain it. So all of my non-spade playing friends, if you don't know how to play spades and you would like to learn, I'm going to walk through some things. Now, my vets, my veteran spade players, if I say something wrong, charge my head, not my heart, okay? I'm sorry. So, if you have not played spades, I'm going to teach you. But here are the things you should know. The overall goal of spades is to obtain more books than your opponent. Books are cards that have been collected from the four people in the game when each person at the spades table have each laid their cards out, hoping that out of the four cards, the one laid out was the highest in rank or value. Um, I don't even know what I wrote right there. <laughs> it's the highest rank and value um, in that round, to win in that round. So you have a partner who sits across the table from you, so it's four people. So you have, it looks like a T, you know, if you were to draw a line across the table, it looks like a T. You and your partner, it goes in clockwise, okay, clockwise. All right, somebody deals the cards out. You deal all the cards out. And then you and your partner, y'all are going to discuss what cards are good cards for you that you can consider a definite book. And then cards that are good cards, but you don't know if they will actually win around, those are called possibles. Okay? So you and your partner talk. Before This is before the game gets started because after the game starts, you cannot talk across the table even though some people cheat and they do talk across the table or they do signals and stuff like that. You're not supposed to, cheaters. All right, so <laughs> um, basically out of the deck of cards, out of one deck of cards, you have 13 books, okay? So knowing that the total number of books you can have is 13, you have to wager. Both teams have to wager. So one team, if I was sitting across from a partner and I had a certain amount of cards that I knew definitely would be books, I would say, all right, I got like five books and two possibles. So if those two possibles were to walk, then that means I got seven books on my own. My partner may have two books and no possibles. So we're running about seven books. That means the other team, whoever dealt is on the other team. They're going to say, okay, so how many books y'all have? Because you're supposed to keep score too. Some people keep score, some people don't. And then it's a certain way with scoring. I'm not going to go into all of that. Take up all the time. But if me and my partner are running seven books, then that means automatically the other team, they're guaranteed six. But I have two possibles, so that could bump us up to nine if they walk. And when I say if they walk, that means if they win a round. All right? So if that's nine, that means we just took two books from the other team, so that bumps them down to four. It's very important in space, especially if you're keeping score, that you meet 
what you you wager because you can sandbag and like I said that goes into something else because I never keep score because I don't have time for all that I, I don't do math I, I, I do letters all right um now I went through all of that it is the part that I really wanted to get to within a spades hand after being asked how many books your partner may ask how many possibles which is short for possibilities that's really important like I said, possibles are cards that can make or break a spade game. I've seen someone throw out an eight, you know, like an eight of clubs. And the eight won that round. That eight of clubs won that round. It's crazy. Because it's like y'all had no higher cards. No one has higher cards. So that means that that eight was the highest card. That wasn't even considered a possible. But hey, it walked. It took, it took the hand. So... You have stuff like that that happens. And counting, possible, uh, counting possibilities is vital. But you have to know what is a true possibility in order to count it as such. You really have to count your cards right or you can lose your partner and yourself or you can cost your partner and yourself the game. Y'all, all right, really sloppy, so I'm stuttering a little bit. The whole point of finding out how many books and possibilities there are is because after your card, yeah, after your card, um, oh, I'm sorry, after you and your partner announce what your hand holds and the other team announces what their hand holds, everything should add up to 13 books. And that's supposed to be a way to aid against cheating and lying, um, which y'all know that happens at space tables and then it's a fight, the fight, and that's how the fight starts. So, we're going to talk about the possibilities today. All right? So, that's just a little background information on spades for those of you who don't know how to play. In 1 Kings chapter 19, we see Elijah in, in the cave. He has wound up here because he ran away from Ahab and Jezebel. At this point, let's pause and think. Elijah just came off a three-year hiatus, um, challenged Jezebel's prophets to a fire contest, and won. He slew her prophets all 400 of them, prayed for the, the Lord to open heaven for rain, went through a state of depression after being told Jezebel was going to kill him. An angel of the Lord woke him up after sleeping under a juniper tree, made him eat and take a nap. We need that sometimes though, you know, that, that helps. Sometimes you just need to eat and take a nap. If you think about some of your problems, sometimes I get a headache and after I take a nap, it's fine. I was just tired. I was sleep deprived. Sometimes drinking water helps with the headache. Like it's little things that you don't realize that cause some of these problems. But anyway, I digress. In verse nine of chapter 19 of first Kings, we see he's in the cave at Mount Horeb and he stayed the night in the cave. The Lord comes to him and asks Elijah, what is he doing there? Oh, <sighs> This guy, Elijah, in so many words, tells the Lord, I have worked hard for you, Lord, and those children of yours left your covenant, the promise, destroyed your holy places, and killed all your prophets. But here I am, the last one and only one standing. Now they seek my life to take it. That's what Elijah said to God. How many of y'all get frustrated because of what you see, your perception of your situation and things, and it seems larger to you because you're so close up to it, that you can't see 
what God is actually doing, which a lot of times we won't be able to see what God is actually doing. So we get mad at God. Like you ain't doing your job, Lord. I'm down here on the battlefield of the Lord with my sword. I ain't even stuck it in the sands of time. I'm still carrying my sword, but on the battlefield of the Lord, you know, like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? I mean, he gave us the whole armor of God. So in that sense, you doing what you're supposed to do. Keep doing it. The Bible says, and be not weary in well-doing, for you will reap if you faint not. So if you don't faint, you're going to reap. So don't faint. Keep going. Keep pushing. Bible says, uh, Apostle Paul, he, he says, I press toward the mark of the higher calling. You got to press. That requires that you go against something. That requires that something may be pushing against you as you press. So Elijah is being pressed. He says, you know, like it's a, another scripture. We are troubled on every side, but we're not perplexed. It, it ha, it's like a whole, it's a, it's a whole literary term and I can't think of it right now, but it's wow. I love that scripture. And it just goes like, it shows everything that could be going against you, opposition, but it says, but we not giving up, but we're going to keep fighting basically in so many words. So that's what, that's what we're supposed to do. We're, we're in the army of the Lord. We're going to have some, we're going to have some friction. We're going to have uh, troubles come up against us. But Elijah like, look, I, I'm doing, I'm down here working for you and you ain't doing nothing. You letting these people come after me and stuff. So the Lord was like, uh-huh. I couldn't hear you. What's that you say? You know what? Come stand over here so I can talk to you. Yeah, come out of hiding. So the Lord called him out. Literally called him out of the cave. The Lord called him out of the cave. See, it's... Oof. Lord. It's, it's one thing when you talk noise and talk smack on social media. But can you do it to their face? See, technology has allowed us to hide who we truly are. Hmm. Technology has allowed us to hide who we truly are. We is we can get behind this computer screen, we can get behind our phone screen and type the nastiest, meanest, rudest things that we would never say to someone's face. Mm. See, it was easier for Elijah to talk smack in a cave. Caves are dark, they're damp. It's a lot of places you can hide in a cave. But the Lord called him out of that cave. Mm. The Lord calling some of y'all out. Let me let me move on. Ooh, cause that ain't even. Mm. You ever get into a beef online? Look at that, and you say stuff you know you wouldn't say face to face with the other person. That's that's where it comes from. Like, cause it's easier to do so. Elijah had a real good relationship with the Lord, but he was he still had to know his place. You can be best friends with the president of the United States, but even. <sighs> behind closed doors you still have to respect the position the title that person has the lord has had to check me before i remember one time vividly because it escalated quickly y'all i was like lord why are you letting xyz happen and that's not right and i done xyz and one two three and first let me warn y'all right now do not and i repeat do not list off to god to the god of the universe the author and finisher of your faith, things he's done for you. It will not be in your best interest. Abort, abort, abort. And when I say don't list it off, don't say, 
I've been doing this, Lord, and doing that. Don't do it like that. Mm -mm. If you're going to list off things that the Lord has allowed you to do, say, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to do this for, in your name. It needs to be a, it needs to be gratitude with that and some humbleness. Don't, don't go, y'all, I'm telling you right now, because I did it one time, and I, I'm like, if this was Old Testament, I would have been dead a long time ago. Anyway, when I tell you I was shook when the Lord responded with, where were you when I laid the form, the foundations of the earth? That's, that's literally, he hit me with Job, okay? Um, y'all, I messed up and thought he was one of my little friends. And I could just be willy-nilly. No, I can ask the Lord questions, but still reverence with humility. Whew. I went Peter and I should have gone John. That was not fun. When he had to chastise me about that mouth, like, no, you're going to sit your little behind down somewhere. Yes, sir. And did. And did. Okay? So, back to Elijah. Yeah, the Lord had to show him um, who he was. But the Lord also knew this meant, this like, Elijah was venting. Elijah was very frustrated. I mean, you got to think about this. This has been going on for three years. It started with the Lord telling him to um, pray and shut heaven. Like, Elijah had to shut up heaven because that was the mandate of the Lord. And then he had to go hide in the desert. Actually, this is probably over three years now that I think about it because three years was without water. So this is probably like four years now. And then when the drought was almost over, he had to go and do this fire contest. <laughs> I call it the fire contest. He had to do this fire contest with the prophets of Baal. And that's when the Lord rained down from heaven, fire from heaven, that lapped up all the water. Y'all got to go read 1 Kings chapter 17 through 19 because I promise you it gets real ghetto real fast, okay? Like, I mean... How fire lap up water like that? Like, I'm telling you, he drenched the sacrifice in water. Even the trenches around the sacrifice, he drenched it in water. And when the Lord sent the fire from heaven, y'all, it... Whew. Anyway, so that takes a lot of energy. That takes a lot of strength. And he had already been in the desert for three years. And, you know, it was fasting, basically, for him a lot of times. And he probably went without water sometimes, you know. I mean, he did stay with um, a widow. I believe she was a widow. If I'm trying not to get First Kings and Second Kings mixed up. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of stuff going on. So Elijah need a bed, he need a bath, and he need something to eat. You know, bed, bath, and food. He need he needs comforting. He's frustrated. He's tired. He's probably, I know he, I know he's lonely. He has no one to turn to. I mean, yes, he does have the Lord, but sometimes you want to have that physical connection when you're going through stuff and he has nobody. So he's venting and see the Lord knows that. That's why the Lord shows him grace. The Lord shows us so much grace because Jesus has gone through every point of temptation known to man. Jesus endured that yet he did not sin. So that's why Jesus is our mediator because he knows what it's like to be tempted in areas. He knows what it's like and he is our advocate. He goes to bat for us. 
he goes to war for us because he he loves us so much that he gave his life for us and our enemy is the accuser of the brethren of the brethren satan accuses you every day every time you sin he is before god's face like look at her look at her she gossiping again look at him he 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 drinking again till he get drunk look at him look at him he he's shooting up right now look at that look at that she over there sleeping with somebody that ain't her husband look at that he is in god's face every time and jesus is like hold up now hold up hold up hold up hold up hold up now i paid it all i paid it all already so you need to go sit down somewhere I was on the cross for her. I was on the cross for him. I was on the cross for her over there too with what she's doing. You're not, you're not going to, mm -mm. all of that is under the blood because they believe in me. See, when you trust in Jesus and give Jesus your life, everything that you did before is under the blood. That's why we have to repent and turn from our sin. I'm talking to myself, repent and turn from your sin so you it can be under the blood of Jesus because he died for you. The work is already done. Whew. That was for somebody, probably me. So, it was coming from a place of frustration. The Lord takes into account our humanness. The Lord, listen, during this chapter 19, the Lord sent wind and fire. But it was a still small voice that showed us the Lord was there. It was an earthquake, wind, fire, all of this stuff, but the Lord wasn't in those things. It was the still small voice. And so many times we feel like the Lord didn't move or we didn't have church if there weren't people slain in the spirit, rolling on the floor and running around the church and doing all this stuff. And, you know, that happens sometimes, but it's in those quiet moments. I, I know... When we have Sunday service, even in Bible study sometimes, it gets so quiet. That's how I know the Holy Spirit is, is in the room. One, I know the Holy Spirit is in the room because we, our, our people, each person has the Holy Spirit in them that believes in Jesus. So when we show up, the Holy Spirit is there automatically, not in the building. The Holy Spirit is not in the building. The Holy Spirit is in the people who believe in Jesus. So that's one reason I know, but when the Holy Spirit, when the Lord makes his presence known during service, it will get so quiet and still. It's like nothing moves. Nothing moves. And it's like we have to be so careful in his quietness because the Bible says to be still and know that I am God. And if you've experienced that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That Just that it's like it's quiet, but it's heavy. His presence is just so heavy. Sometimes you just have to lay prostrate on the floor. You just, you just have to kneel before him because his presence is just that big. And we can't box him in. Oh, well, if God didn't let sister so-and-so sing that song today, if she not singing that song today, then the presence of God ain't going to be there. Who said that? But it's people who believe that. Oh, well, if so-and-so ain't playing the drums, because when he played the drums, see, that's when I catch the Holy No, you in your flesh, and I need you to stop. Many times, most um, most of the time, the Lord shows up for me in my quiet times, like I just said, with him. He sits next to me, and I hear him so clear in the quietness of the morning. Those wee hours when the sun is still asleep, 
when I set time aside purposely for us. I even do a Saturday brunch for me in the Lord. I'm not even playing, y'all. It's Saturday brunch with Jesus, okay? And I look forward to it every week. I make a big breakfast because during the week, you know, especially during the school year, I don't have time to eat breakfast like that. Like, I'll eat cereal or whatever real fast, gobble it down, and go to work. But on Saturdays, he lets me sleep in. I don't have to get up at 4.30 in the morning. And I make eggs, grits, toast, some fruit. Like, I take my time with it because it's like I know the Lord is eating breakfast with me, even though he probably don't eat. I don't know what he eats. Anyway, so, <laughs> and I have my notebook spread out. I have my Bible, you know, and I just sit there and spend time and go to, like, sometimes I just end up in one scripture and just study that scripture. And I take my time. I don't rush anything. And when I tell you it is the most beautiful time I ever have, I love it. I just went on a date night with Jesus like two weeks ago. <laughs> I sure did. I got dressed up, went right to my dining room table, um, heated up some food I already had, and had a dinner date with Jesus. And I made it look real nice and fancy. I had me some makeup on. I ain't wearing no, I ain't wearing no heels. I wore my slides. No, I wore my flip flops, my cute jewel flip flip flops or sandals or something I had on. And yeah, fixed my hair up. Yeah, I did. I did. I purposely did that. Because I'm dating Jesus. I'm married to him until he sends my husband. But it's the fact that I purposely set that, that time aside for him because I want him to know I take him seriously and I love him and I want to spend time with him. And I got a little lazy over the summer because it's summertime and I'm not on my regular schedule and I've been sleeping a lot. But I also am still recovering from surgery too, which I have to be constantly reminded to sit down. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I purposely set that, that time aside. And that's just what I do. You might do something different. But that's what I do. Um, I purposely make sure to include the Lord. And remember, we have to invite him. He stands at the door and he knocks. I don't literally open the door. I just open. I just expect him to show up. And as I'm studying, I talk to him like he's sitting next to me. Because I know he is. We have to get like this in our relationship with the Lord. He is like right there with you. Talk to him. It feels weird at first, but you get used to it. He will begin speaking to your heart. That's why you have to spend time with his word because he will begin speaking to you through his word. Verse 13 of 1 Kings chapter 19. When the wind, earthquake, and fire subsided, the Lord came to Elijah with the still small voice and asked him again, what are you doing here? When your mom or daddy ask you the same question twice, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? It means you messed up the <laughs> you messed up <laughs> the way you answered the first time. And they are giving you an opportunity to fix your response. Okay? So it's like, what did you just say? If you go, I said, now when I was growing up, I couldn't say I said. I'm like, I don't, I forgot. I don't even think I even, I never even had a moment where I was going to respond and I backed up because my mama crazy. That's why. <laughs> Shout out to Riri. I love her, but uh -uh, I want to try my mama like that because she popped me in my mouth when I was a little kid. Mm-mm. 
when you play that. So I it taught me to think about what I was going to say before I said it. She only had to do it maybe twice. That's it. I was a quick learner. I don't like pain. Mm -mm. Quick learner. Nope. <laughs> I was like, I, let me think about what I'm going to say before I say it. Okay, I'm not going to say that. I'll just remain silent and say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Like, mm, anyway, that's a whole other lesson. But, yeah, and some parents, <laughs> if you ever seen the Cosby show with uh, Claire Huxtable, I love her character. Claire Huxtable is one of the ultimate TV moms, like, top three, top two. Okay, and she number two. Because she ain't played the radio. It's one episode, actually, it's a couple of episodes where she's getting on to her children and she asked them what they say. And when they get ready to respond, she said, shut up. Like, <laughs> like I, do you want me to say something or do you not want me to say something? I'm so confused right now. <laughs> so I found it funny that God asked him the first time, like earlier in a couple of verses up, what are you doing here? And then Elijah rattled all of that stuff off. And then the Lord did told him to come out the cave. He had an earthquake, fire, um, and what else? It was an earthquake, fire, and wind come by. And then in a still small voice, he comes to Elijah and says, what are you doing here? Did Elijah change his response? No, he didn't. Elijah kept, he went and he said what he said again verbatim, like word for word. No change at all. The Lord did this so cool though. It's like he straight disregarded what Elijah said. He gave Elijah a set of instructions. The second time Elijah said, I didn't do it. The Lord just went right on with what he, okay, well, anyway, I need you to first, when you leave, go on the pathway um, to the wilderness of Damascus. Anoint Hazel, I think I said the name right, Hazel, to be king over Syria. Anoint Jehu to be king over Israel. Anoint Elijah to be your predecessor. The Lord had everything set up so that way if he needed Hazel and Jehu to handle business, they would get it done. And if they couldn't, Elisha would. Now, here's what's funny to me because after the instructions, then the Lord responded to Elijah's rant. And that's why I'm going to stop. For today I'm gonna stop today because like I said it's a lot of stuff and I'm not even I'm not even close to being finished so we're gonna pick up on this um, particular episode next week God always has possibles part two because it's so huge and I don't want to rush through anything so meet me back here next Monday and we'll get to the um, latter half of this podcast okay I hope y'all have a great day and I will talk